Hello everybody, welcome to this week's Retro Rewind where we have played Monkey Island 2, LeChuck's Revenge. And you're a bilious bilge rat, Craig. <gasps> oh, I like that. Thank you. G- give me something else. Have you got anything else lined up? Um, you're a scurvy scallowag? Hmm, no, that's not bad. Uh, not bad. Trim the sails and straight on to morning with the swabbies? Poop deck? Music. Okay. Yes, we have been playing Monkey Island 2, LeChuck's Revenge. Uh, joining me tonight to talk about Monkey Island 2, which is a genre of game, the point-and-click genre, that he very much loves, it's Dave. Woo! Uh, I just watched Russell Crowe in Master and Commander. Is that okay? That's absolutely fine. It's practically the same story with slightly worse acting. Uh, which one? Uh, Master and Commander, I would say. Anything yeah. with Russell Crowe. He's a bit of a knob, isn't he? He is. I did like him in that. Is it in A Beautiful Mind? He is in A Beautiful I think, Mind. I think I've never like, seen A Beautiful yeah, Mind. It was good. But he completely ruined Lee Miz. He just can't can't sing for the life of himself. It's just a shame. Well, let's be fair. Any man will look pale in comparison to Hugh Jackman. Yeah, it's true. Um, so that bit, I was watching that with the kids. So he's singing and Javert, he does his thing and he's up on the bridge and he throws himself off it after he lets Jean Valjean go he throws himself off it the thud that he makes when he hits the bottom of the dam we've spoke about this before I'm sure but the thud that he makes when he hits the bottom of the dam the kids were like oh my god is he dead and they're like I think they actually just killed Russell Crowe because it was a pretty (laughs) daunting thud anyway Dave thanks very much for derailing the conversation to Russell Crowe of all things I don't want to talk about Russell Crowe. I want to talk about Monkey Island. So, Monkey no, Island... You know what? Let's do it. Yeah. It was developed by LucasArts. It was designed by Ron Gilbert, Dave Grossman, Tim Schafer. The composers were the magnificent trio, Michael Land, Peter McConnell, and Clint Bajakian, who we've already spoken about in Day of the Tentacle. They were the guys that one of them took each time period and did some wonderful stuff with the music in that game. And it's from the Monkey Island series, so it's a point-and-click adventure, and it was released in December of 1991, and then remastered and beautified and re-released in 2010 in a special edition. We're going to talk about that uh, beautifying thing. Okay, we'll talk about it, but right now, let's just just give me your history, give me the lowdown, give me the scoop all right. your Monkey Island it, it, even just if it's not this specific game just the series if you like Dave um, uh, well uh, listener I, I'm sick right now so if I sound like crap forgive me but we had to get this done otherwise there wouldn't be any episodes so my history with Monkey Island is very simple I watched a friend play it I played it and then ever since then I read on the internet about how amazing it was uh, never finished it, but I have listened to many podcasts and read many, 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 many pieces of work about how amazing Monkey Island 2 is. That's that's good. That is good. I, I look forward to hearing just how much you agree 
with those pieces that you have read saying how amazing it is. My history is slightly different in that I played this maybe not the year it came out, maybe a few years after. It was very it was released very close to the Secret of Monkey Island. I think it was within a year the turnaround time between this and its prequel, not prequel, the prequel and the sequel. The Secret of Monkey Island came out a year before this, which is a hugely quick turnaround time for a game. Like I can't imagine apart from something like Assassin's Creed where they just seem to copy and paste 95% of it and change the color palette. That's a, that's While a... I agree with you on Assassin's Creed, um, mm-hmm. I, they're all built on the same engine. Yes, that's on, it. So back right, of... they were just, LucasArts were churning them out. It was ace. Yeah. What a time to be alive. I picked this up. Indeed. I played it. I played it again, I played it again. I was thinking about this earlier, while I was in the bath, I was having a bath because I was quite sore in the old muscles and neck and everything, so I was having a lovely bath. From all the pirating, I would imagine. From all of the pirating and all of the, um, I can't think of another word, so we'll just go with pirating. Swashbuckling. Swashbuckling. I must have played this maybe into 60 times, I think, that's baffling. When I started thinking, it's it's baffling. Uh, of all the games, I'll maybe pick up the my favourite LucasArts ones and play them once a year. But I play Monkey Island 2 maybe two or three times a year. Like, whenever I go to my mum and dad's house, I take my iPad and I sit and I play Monkey Island before I go to be- before I go to sleep. It's what I do when I don't have my PlayStation in front of me as I seem to sit with Monkey Island. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, so how long does a normal playthrough take for you by this point? Um, by this point, it's not long at all. It must only be, what, two hours or something like that? Not even that. So it's about the same for you as me, like, plugging in Super Mario 3 and just ripping through it. Oh, yeah, like, I don't think I've ever played Super Mario 3 at all. You know, somewhere, somebody is crying over that fact. I know. Monkey Island 2, 60 times. Mario 3? Nah. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry. But, um, yeah, maybe two hours, maybe two and a half hours, something like that. I think I have the critical path embedded into muscle memory where I just know exactly where to go. And because it's on the iPad, tap... To the point where sometimes I notice myself, my fingers hovering before a screen loads on the point that I have to tap <laughs> to go there. I I don't know what it is about this game and this, this type of game. I take great satisfaction in playing it, despite knowing all of the solution to all of the puzzles and the story inside out. I, I just I love experiencing it every single time. And I, always, I get a chuckle every single time. Something gives me a chuckle and it perks me right up, Dave. I love it. I love it to bits. Well, I, I was gonna ask, like, like at this point, what what is enjoyable out of replaying it again for, say, the 61st time? I'm not sure. I think it is just... it. A part of it is it was my favourite thing as a kid. It's my favourite thing on my... Is, is it Giant Bomb, cat, Giant Bomb website that we've got the top 50 games or top 100 games? Yeah, yeah. And and we're less... It's my favourite thing on that. It's Every single time I play it, I can sit and I just... I love the music. I love the artwork. I love the story. To me, it's just about damn near 
the perfect game for me and that knitted in with the fact that it makes me feel like a kid again and it I just I just it's just it's just a wonderful thing to play I love it to bits Dave I don't know if you're getting that from the world I'm starting to maybe suspect (laughs) that you might like this a lot all right so I I I don't like this Mm -hmm. uh, very much at all this time when I was playing it uh, I I've started it many times like you know when scum vm was like pretty easily emulatable i was like yeah. oh okay now's a good time to go through no that that was aborted fairly early uh this time i bought it on gog as pretty ridiculously cheap and my computer could play it so i figured let's go for the uh authentic playthrough i i got i got largo off the island and that was about it. That, that was how far I got before I went, okay, uh, we're done. I then, I then, uh, just, just to refresh myself, I did watch from, okay, uh, really quick, if, if you haven't played this and you're going to get angry about spoilers, I want you to take your right hand and smack yourself in the face really hard because <laughs> it's really old. Spoilers okay, ahead. So, it's nearly <laughs> Dave. Dave, it's nearly thirty years old. It's nearly flipping oh, thirty years gosh. old. I know. At this point, that'd be like somebody getting angry about spoilers for RoboCop, right? I've never seen RoboCop, and you've never seen Blade Runner. Oh my gosh, Craig! <laughs> oh, I'm okay. too busy playing Monkey Island. <laughs> Evidently, you need to stop. <laughs> um, so I, I watched from the amusement park on because I wanted to okay. re-experience the ending because yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's that's fair enough. What I'll do then is why don't I give a brief synopsis of the story and then sure. we can ping-pong backwards and forwards some good points and some bad points, talk about the end and, and then you can hate me forever for picking it. But <laughs> I just, just to preface this whole thing... I didn't pick this with anything in my head other than I'd like I didn't think oh Dave might change his mind and suddenly love point and click adventure because <laughs> that was never it was never my intention for that it was more just so that I could talk about it get it off my chest and then that's which it is what this is for exactly so Monkey Island two sees us start off with Guybrush dangling in a pit with a big chest. Elaine Marley ducks in, says, Guybrush, what the hell are you doing here? And Guybrush begins to retell the story of how he got into the position he's in, dangling in a cave with some treasure. So the story itself is set on a few islands. Uh, It's after The Secret of Monkey Island, obviously. Set after The Secret of Monkey Island. And it sees Guybrush looking for... The treasure of Big Whoop, which I love the name Big Whoop. It's like Big Whoop. Big Whoop. It's a Big Whoop. It's a Big Whoop. Um, it sees him looking for Big Whoop. He starts off. He starts off his journey, telling his story around the fire, which is one of the things I love. He's telling his pirates the story about he slayed uh, LeChuck 
in the last game and the pirates are just like yeah yeah whatever no one believes him Guybrush is a very unbelievable character which I just love to bits about him and he goes off on his adventure. He gets robbed from Lar- by a guy called Largo Legrand, who Dame, J- Dave has already mentioned. And he point and clicks his way through the game. Um. Yeah. Yeah. That's perfectly fine for these these purposes. Pretty much. I don't. I'm not going to do a full breakdown because, it, like, doing a full breakdown of the story for this is pretty much. You have to get Largo Legrand off the island. You have to find four map pieces. You have to then go to the island that the map says, and you have to find the treasure. There we go. That's the full story. First, you have to do some really stupid skeleton puzzle on the door. Ah, now, see, I take take exception. I know people don't like that puzzle, but people that don't like that puzzle think about that puzzle too much. It's very simple. It says in the bit of paper. Oh, yeah, it's not near as complicated as you think it will no, be. No, it's not. There's there's a few puzzles like that in this game. Um, a, a really notable one is there is a gambling station. Have you Did you encounter this, and, or do you remember this? There's a gambling thing where they've got a thing rigged up where you have to solve a puzzle to figure out what number is going to come up in the roulette wheel, and a guard holds up his fingers and he says, if this is three, this is two. And if this is five, this is one. When he's holding up different fingers. And the answer is always just the previous amount of fingers that he held up. But a lot of people start doing math with the fingers. Well, four is two and one is six. And start doing like quantum physics mathematical (laughs) problems to try and figure this thing out. There's a lot of puzzles in this that People pick up There's a lot being... of puzzles in this that will be 50-50. Yes. You will come out of it going, oh, I get it. Yeah. That's kind of funny. Or you will come out going, I hate these people. Mm-hmm. It's, it I, really is very divisive. I, I think it's divisive until you get to the end. Um, at the end, uh, you're dangling over a, a boiling <laughs> vat of acid or lava or whatever and LeChuck has set up this marvellous James Bond-esque contraption where, you know, something pings into something else that cuts something uh, what do you call the, the machine? Uh, uh, a Rube uh, Goldberg? A Rube Goldberg machine to kill you but while you're talking to him you, some of the dialogue options are hilarious so you can say, you know, like can you repeat that? And he just repeats the whole thing again. You can start repeating back to him puzzles from in the game so you can then say when you're dangling to death if this is three what is this (laughs) and stuff and i think that moment in the game just sews everything together to me it just it's a bit of self-referential comedy that just makes me think this this is perfect i'm beaming i'm gushing dave i'm gushing you need to rein me back in so instead let's tell about something that sucks well okay right fine yeah okay do it. This, Bring it on. The remaster, specifically the remaster, yeah. looks like hot garbage. You think? I, I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, hoo-hoo, okay, that's that's going off. Um, You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of old Flash cartoons that moved like puppets. Oh, Dave. Or, not puppets, marionettes. Yeah. I, uh, I, 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 I think it looks awful. Oh, no, I quite like it. 
I like the I like the the attention to detail that they've put into they've they've done it frame by frame and Guybrush and old Guybrush and 1991 Guybrush he's barely got any pixels at all but he has a character about him and his wee shitty moustache and beard and stuff like that that they always joke about but I think that the remastered artwork is pretty on point I'm surprised to hear you say that uh, to be fair, I was surprised too, because <clears throat> most of LucasArts games, the way they've remastered them, like Grim Fandango, Full Throttle, the Tentacle, they all look amazing. Mm-hmm. This one, there's something about the art style that drives me up a wall. Oh, I wonder what that could be. I I don't like. I much prefer the way it did look. Yeah. To the way it looks now, um, I don't know why. To be honest with you, it, it just reminds me of like really crappy Newgrounds Flash games. Yeah. I take your point and I'm not. Tell going... me to shove it. <laughs> yeah, stick it up your ass. It's beautiful. The game the game is gorgeous. The, the old game, the amount of work that they put into those, the backdrops and the scenery and the characters is perfect it's absolutely perfect and i think the remaster takes it a step further because it adds this layer of high fidelity with while maintaining a complete 100 percent true to the original layout of things i look at it and i'm like when i look at the remaster the new one and i'm looking at it in my head when it was 1993 or something when i was playing this that's the way the original looked. Do you know what I mean? It's just as beautiful and lovely. It just oh yeah. I just I just clicked with it, and I think with the remaster as well, they they introduced the voice acting, so they had Dominic Armato and all that come in to go and do the voice. He's got the perfect voice for Guybrush. That man is Guybrush Threepwood. It's perfect. Um. So then you played the original without voice. I'm yeah, I, pl- I, I played it. I played. I think I played Day of the Tentacle as well with no voice acting. It was all floppy disks, man. Ah, <laughs> oh, good old floppy. Um, so does hearing the voices like, well, obviously not on the sixty-first try, mm-hmm. but on like the first time you replayed the remaster, does it feel weird to you? Yes, it very much felt weird. But as with Day of the Tentacle, when you load up Day of the Tentacle and you first hear Bernard speak, Bernard sounds like Bernard should and Hoagie sounds like Hoagie should with this you know Guybrush sounds like Guybrush instantly had that thing with me Um, Elaine with her proper English voice was just like this is perfect I you need to you need to slap me down because I'm just like it all clicked (laughs) with me I am I'm struggling to not gush Dave (laughs) It's I fine. Every once in a while, feel, you're allowed to flood the basement a little bit. I feel like um, even just talking about it, I feel myself getting a wee bit. And this will come across when you're listening to this. It feels very much like I just want to go, I love this and I love this and I love this. And I'm trying my best to have a proper conversation. So in that vein, I know you don't like the look of it and I like the look of it. I like the way I like the voice acting. The voice acting sounds good. There's a couple of things that I never got from reading all the articles and everything. Mm-hmm. And being on this podcast, 
with you is kind of like, you know, if you're from, say, Scotland and you meet somebody from, say, I don't know, let's say Germany. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about how this food is absolutely amazing. And they grew up and they loved it as a kid. Man, blood sausage is like the best. And then you try it and you're like, ah, ah, what's wrong with you? That's kind of what this is like. Because, um, number one, like, ev- and, oh, this is this is borderline blasphemous. <laughs> Everybody goes on about the music. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure with this week and next week specifically, we will go pretty heavy on the music yes. uh, and the podcast. I don't think it's very good. Like, it's good. It suits the game. I would never want to listen to this outside of the game. That's you know what I mean? Blasphemous. I'd see, I know, I told you it's blasphemous. Well, the music on two fronts, I think the music on two fronts absolutely I'll say knocks it out of the park. It knocks it out of the park in terms of the composition of the music, the the actual melodies that are in there, but more so this was the game that introduced that iMuse system that I spoke about when we done near and spoke about it in Day of the Tentacle where you get that seamless transition between screens. You can go in the first town in Woodtick, there's a, th- a there's a theme to Woodtick, and then when you go into the inn, there's a slightly different theme, but it's got the same underlying orchestration to the music. And I think the way it seamlessly just carries you through each scene is, is brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. That was um, Michael Land that developed that. Because after doing the music for The Secret of Monkey Island, it's absolutely fed up with the limitations on the system. So developed iMuse from the ground up. And after that, it was used in Day of the Tentacle and Full Throttle and Grim Fandango. And you could, right the way through to... I think it was used in a Star Wars game as well at some point. All the way through... Please, please lo- don't discuss Star Wars. I know, I'm sorry. Luke's not here. We really shouldn't do that. I've actually, I've just said that. He's got a boner right now. You know fine well he's got a boner because I've said that. <laughs> Somebody says Star Wars and it's, ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. I feel it. But I think that okay. system, that way of, of putting, sewing, it sews the music into the game. And much like how I feel about the way it looks, the music just, it knits it all together. So it feels seamless. You're going screen to screen to screen solving puzzles, but the whole thing is knitted together with the music. All right. So here's where we come to disagree yet again, old boy. Of course. I'm, I'm um, not expecting any less. <laughs> so uh, when I was replaying it, I, I didn't even notice it, to be honest with you. Like, like it just didn't click mm-hmm. until I went, oh yeah, this is that whole iMuse thing. I should pay attention to it. And so I, I walked around while listening specifically to the music. Technologically, that's really cool. Like, uh, it's great that it does it. I guess it's that I grew up with games that, all right, this is this level's music, and then this is this level's music. Um, I, I guess it didn't really strike me as special. Um, But, like, uh, even last week, or however long ago it was, Snatcher. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like... I didn't, like, the music complemented this scene. Here, it almost felt like easy listening music while you're walking through a mall. It never really, like, complemented the scene to me. It was like an overlying background track. 
Okay. I again, bless me. I know. I know. <laughs> I respect your viewpoint, and again, you, you expect can, my ability to be wrong. You can stick up your ass again, and we'll. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I I kind of get what you're saying, and I think you're off to a, you're on a bad foot because of the type of game it is in the first place and I'm not saying that you would be influenced by the fact that you don't like that kind of game so you then can't appreciate the music but yeah. you know I'm not saying that at all there's, there's nothing in that it's just I think different experiences and different floats for different boats and all that usual garbage that we say I mean when well, we- nah, no, plus there's different backgrounds coming into this mm-hmm. I was very much a console kid Yeah, you were very much a PC kid so Definitely. to PC players, this may have been something revolutionary, like, you know, when consoles decided, let's not use up anymore to jump, let's use a button. Mm-hmm. To PC people, that's like, yeah, whatever, no big deal. But to us console kids, we're like, oh my gosh, this is the second coming of Jesus. This is amazing. I get you. So it's probably that. Um, oh, well, I don't get you, because I think you're completely wrong, but I get you. Yeah, I no, get, oh, ab- absolutely. I <laughs> Uh, next week, I I don't get Mike. Uh, I think Mike's insane mm-hmm. for for next week's game. Well, but, this is. Uh, can I ask you then? Can I ask? Yes. And this is a, the one question I'll ask about what we're recording next week. That's got nothing to do with retro rewinds or anything. But do you like the music in Symphony of the Night? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh no! Oh no! You don't just get to say. Okay. I'm just curious. I'm just curious because it would answer questions for me. That's fine. So moving oh. on. Oh, no, 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 no. You don't get to do that. Okay. Um, All right. So hold on, listener. Uh-huh. We're going to hash things out for a second. Okay. So we may edit this out or we may, you know, you may hear bloodshed. All right. What's your problem with Symphony of the Night? No, okay, right. No, it's not a pro. I've got, I've not got a problem with Symphony of the Night. I've not got a problem with the music of Symphony of the Night. But my question would be: Is it is it special? Is it like this music is amazing? Uh, I would say certain tracks, okay, are up there in the. On the whole, Symphony of the Night has one of the best, well-rounded soundtracks mm-hmm. for me. Next week's Retro Rewind, I think it's better. In terms of, I could listen to this all day. Yeah, I think, but yeah. Symphony is good stuff. Okay, because that's all I was thinking. And I was thinking, I've been playing Symphony tonight. Yesterday, I was playing through, obviously, my crap playthrough of it, where I've done bad things. And I was sitting playing it, and I was thinking, I was thinking about the music, looking at it, and I'm like, yeah, it's all right, it's all right. And then I went online and I specifically looked up and it's like, oh, Symphony Night, it's got an amazing soundtrack, <laughs> and this, that, and the other. And our current conversation on Monkey Island made me think, well, that's how I feel about Monkey Island, because we were listening about um, it. You know what I mean? There's, I, yeah. There's a no, no, I, I, I'm actually very curious, like, what tracks stand out to you, because what tracks stand out for me and, like, Symphony mm-hmm. are the tracks that everybody loves. Okay. Um, with Secret of Monkey Island 2, The Chuck's Revenge. Um, the Chuck's Revenge. Yeah. The Chuck's Revenge. None of it stands out to me at all. Like, like you know, you have that that little beginning intro that works. I was like, ah, yeah. this is this is nice and piratey and jaunty. But 
then it just kind of goes throughout the whole, I mean, I only did Scab Island, so I'm, I can't remember per se, but like the, all of Scab Island, except for maybe Voodoo Lady, was, okay, this is basically this, you know what it sounded like? Here we go. This is what it sounded like. It sounded like, okay, we have a full 32-piece orchestra. I think 32. I don't know the number. But there's a full orchestra that plays this song. Uh-huh. And when you go to this area, half the orchestra stops. Yeah. And then when you go to this area, that half starts and this half stops. It didn't seem like it was blending songs as much as it was blending instrumentation. Okay. I get you. Um, and that's all I have to say. Do you like this soundtrack? It's an it's uh, yeah. I've, I listen to it when I'm working and stuff like that. So you'd buy it on vinyl. But I would buy it on vinyl. I would easily buy it on vinyl. Um, or I would just listen to it on YouTube. It depends on you know if the cars need an MOT or something that month. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I understand that. Like, I mean. On the same token, like I learned to play one of the songs in Castlevania on a guitar, because okay. it was like this is amazing. So I I know how you feel. Yeah, and it is we, very weird to hear somebody go, "No, no, it's not that special." Yeah. Uh, well, I'm I'm like I'm flabbergasted. I knew coming into this that you didn't like the game, but I was kind of I had a wee glimmer of hope that the things that stand out about it, the look of it, the music, the story. Let's. Right, okay, let's just jump onto the story. Do you have any... Pro- What's your problem with the story, Dave? <laughs> um, I don't have a problem with the story. I, <laughs> I, I don't think it's as funny as uh, Full Throttle or Fandango or uh, even Maniac Mansion. Yeah. Well, not Maniac Mansion. Maniac Mansion wasn't very funny, was it? Uh, no. It was no. more goofy than it was, funny. It was more goofy. Interestingly, uh, the Secret Monkey Island was developed. It was, I think, it's like halfway through development before they decided to turn it into a comedy. It was going to be a serious game. That that would have been a mistake. I it think it would have been a massive, absolutely huge, phenomenal mistake. So I think there's an interview floating about somewhere with Ron Gilbert or maybe Tim Schafer. I can't remember what one of them said it, but the way the dialogue Ron Schafer Ron Schafer said the the way the dialogue trees work. You get you funny guys here writing stuff and every single question or line gives them four chances to make a joke. And in this game, they take that, we've got four chances or six chances to make a joke and they make it work. It's horrifically funny at points. It's funny in a kind of like traditional sense of, oh, that's quite funny. It's funny in the way that that there's a bit um, where you're, you know, where you're digging up the bones of um, what's his face. Yeah, Grand. I wanted to talk about that. And yeah, the Largo's trousers fall dead. down. That bit, Tim Schafer hates absolutely and utterly hates the I trousers agree falling with Tim down. Schaefer. Ron Gilbert was like, "That's the trousers are falling down. That is happening." I like it. Adds to Guybrush's character as being a bit useless. In a bit. Yeah, but okay. So I, I think I, I definitely agree with Tim Schafer. I mm-hmm. think that's a cheap joke. Like most of the game is smile out loud funny. Mm-hmm. Like you know you're not. I I didn't guffaw at anything. Yeah. So it didn't have it. A, a psychonauts. Are you ready to go on the mission? <laughs> thing. To it didn't have that one thing. But it was humorous enough to where I smiled. Most of the jokes. 
And we are proficient experts in this, our very dad jokey. Yes. Oh, yes. And I appreciate a good dad joke. I will never laugh at a good dad joke, but I will appreciate the hell mm-hmm. out of it. So, yeah, like like watching this on YouTube wasn't painful for me the way Snatcher was sort of painful towards the end. Yeah. So, like the story, I, I have absolutely no problems with. It's yeah. a charming story until you get to the ending. And the ending is very hotly contested. It really is. It really is. So the end of the game, and hang on, I had a point. I had a point that was going to come out there that wasn't to do with the end of the game. Oh, I'm sorry. I've forgotten what it is. It'll come back. Um, the end at the end of the game, what happens is you uh, in the fourth act, you are in a tunnel system with LeChuck. You he has a voodoo doll of you, and every time he pinpricks it, you are transported to another room, and you've got to through a series of collecting things make a voodoo doll of LeChuck. So you've already got the recipe from the voodoo lady and you make the voodoo doll and you voodoo doll him. So you need you need um, his saliva, which he spits at you because he spits when he talks and you get a bit of bone from rather um, foreshadowingly his or your parents' bones in a room. And it all transpires, everything ends, it all transpires that the entire game, and by a byproduct of that, the first game, was an imaginative role running around. And then, uh, what am I trying to say? Yeah, Chucky walks out and his eyes glow and you're left hanging. Did this happen? Did it not happen? Was it all a voodoo spell? And, you know, like, you're now trapped in this reality that's false because you think you're a kid and you're not. Um, a lot of people didn't like that. And Ron Gilbert will take it to yeah, his grave. Yeah, a lot of people did not like that at all. So as a giant, giant fan, how do you feel about it? I really like the ending. I really like the fact like it's not a clear ending you can take it both ways and you can roll with it my personal opinion is whatever way you take the ending you take the ending and you enjoy it if you start putting any more thought into it like but what what about this but if it was an actual voodoo spell then why when you were on fat island did governor fat have a book that said this that I think you're thinking about it too much, <laughs> to be honest. It's absolutely and utterly it's it's a great ending to the game. And I take it as I take it as written or as it looks that it's Okay, well but which way do you take it? Do you take it as the kids or do you take it as you know, it was the thing, a voodoo thing? I I take it as it, it was the kids. And then the wee voodoo, the, okay. wee, the wee Chucky eyes glowing thing at the end is just a wee kind of like, ah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's, if someone wants to go and kick me in the nuts over something like that, fine, because at the end of the day, it's it's just fun. It's just a fun wee Well, thing. at the end of the day, you'll never have an answer. No, never. And the, the, way, the way the game goes, Ron Gilbert dropped out of... Um, the team then so Monkey Island 3 the curse of Monkey Island I had to do that a wee bit slower because I was going through my brain to remember the name of it Ron has said that's completely that's non-canon in his universe of Monkey Islands and he didn't like the direction it took 
I used to love that game and I love the fourth game as well. Like I just love the series, as you might guess. So uh, how does the third one do that jigsaw? How does it line up the pieces? Okay, so the last game ends on the Big Whoop theme park, right? And you walk off screen and Chucky's eyes glow and that's it. The third game starts, you're held captive in a pirate boat and you're attacking a fort that Elaine Marley is in and you have to then get out of there. Wally is a fake pirate and he's like trying to pretend to be a pirate and the whole thing doesn't make sense. Like it doesn't connect in any way, shape or form together. I imagine that like for them, that's probably the smarter move. Oh, God, Instead of trying to line up all the pieces. Yeah, because there's no way. You could take it. Here's here's a way you could take it. It was a voodoo curse. And you're captured by LeChuck. And you're then in the boat. And you've been captured by LeChuck. Wally's been converted into a pirate because he was a weakling. Poor Wally. There we go. There's some way to do it. Wally Wally brings up the point that I was going to say about the story. But it's not so much about the story. But it was about the the general point and click thing which is more prevalent and obvious in this game than it is in any other game that I can think of but like Guybrush is a horrible person and one of the first things you do is like to demonstrate this and kind of really solidify it is Wally is a cartographer and he, he's got a wee monocle thing that he needs to see and he's looking at the the, the map that he's drawn and he puts the monocle down and as a point and click gamer you're constantly trying to figure out what you can click and highlight and pick up and stuff so you notice that mm-hmm. this animation is there you pick up the monocle and you've nicked his monocle you've got no it's an eye that's seen the world you've got no idea yeah but at that point you've got absolutely like i had no idea that i need this monocle yet i've stolen <laughs> this monocle and wally is then like oh no i need i need my i need this to see what am i going to do how am i going to work you've nicked his monocle and you just walk out and leave him later on Stan, uh, over-exaggerated, checkered-suited... I love the way his checkered suit is animated, where the mesh is kind of, like, behind the movement, so it never really... Do you know what I mean? It never moves in line oh, with yeah. where his art. It's brilliant. You, you hammer nails into a coffin that he's demonstrating for you and leave him trapped in a coffin, crying for help. Right the way through this game... You're pretty much a bastard. You're a complete bastard. And it's funny. <laughs> oh, you're stone cold. Yeah. Like, like there is no sympathy at all. I mean, you ruin the poor cook's life. You <laughs> exactly. Fired. You make somebody eat rat. It's just, you're an awful, awful person. I know. You need a hammer from the woodsmith and they won't let you steal it. So you saw off a pirate's wooden peg leg. <laughs> it just... <laughs> absolute and a lot of the time the the point is a lot of the time you don't know that you need these things you just pick up everything you pick up everything because that's what you do in a point and click adventure game and in this one it makes you feel like shit and day of the tentacle the first thing you pick up is a, a help wanted sign out the window that's not inherently evil you don't you know that's not the worst thing in the world and this, the first thing you do is, do is steal a poor kid's monocle and make a chef lose his job. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, let's be fair. In Day of the Tentacle, you are just 
absolutely traumatizing some poor hamster. That's that's actually very true. You do freeze a hamster, perhaps. You steal a you, you mess with the guy's valuable stamp collection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you, you do a lot in adventure games that are just just bastard like. They are. They are. Um, and it's it was just I was thinking about this. Uh, well, last night or a couple of nights ago when I was playing through it towards the end I was trying to think in case you th- asked me a question like what is your favourite puzzle or what is if you were going to ask that you know a prompt right now would be for you to then say oh Craig just on that point what is your favourite bit of this game or something like that if you wanted to say that Dave right now uh, alright so can we get back to the music for a second <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So my uh, favorite. Well, see, <laughs> I, I see. I I I think most people's puzzle is probably my favorite puzzle. What's that? It's got to be the monkey wrench, right? The monkey wrench. Yeah, it is. It's a very good puzzle that makes less sense in the UK because it's like not a monkey wrench. I didn't. I, no. I don't know what a monkey wrench is. I assume it's a wrench. Uh, it's like adjustable. Well, you take a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of those wrenches that has one of those little slide wheels on it. And yeah. when you slide the wheel, it opens and closes. I yeah, think that's like wrench. an adjustable spanner. Well, first of all, why are you calling it a spanner? Well, that's what I would... But I'm not very DIY, like, techy, like that. Like, I would call most things a spanner. <laughs> hand me that spanner so I can hit the spanner into the spanner please to be honest I have one of those weird adjustable things and 99% of the time I use it as a hammer uh, I use I'm not a tool man myself I use many things as hammers <laughs> just whatever whatever's there that's got a bit of weight to it um, my favourite bit I, I do appreciate that and I do I do like a good chunk of the puzzles in here there's a couple that I think are slightly weaker and that's me okay take, example um, I think of all the things that you have to do some of the things that you have to do involve one or two steps or three steps maybe there's a puzzle here that is like seven layers of trying to figure stuff out and it's the spitting contest so you have to get the right colour of grog and the only way you can figure that out is Largo Legrand at one point drinks this colour of grog, which I still don't know what colour it is, and he spits. It's green. It's green. Like lime green. Um, so then you have to go and make lime green gog, grog, drink it and spit, but that's not enough. You then need to cheat, because you're a bastard, and move the flags of the previous see, I think it's the cheating thing that makes it a little incomprehensible. Yeah. Because... There's nothing that says you can cheat. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't know that's an option. Yeah. And then on top of that, you need to wait until the wind blows. So you need to wait until the wind blows, have cheated, and you can't just cheat. You need to get the ship to make the noise so that everyone turns around so that you can cheat. There's just... there's a f- and, and I like it because it's quite... It makes sense in the world because you're a bastard and you're cheating and you you need to win for some strange reason. Well, you're a pirate. You're a pirate. But I think it's just it's just a bit too convoluted. No, maybe not convoluted, but it's too just... Too fiddly? Too fiddly, yeah, a wee bit. 
Um, it relies on very little, and point and click relies on timing, stealing Wally's monocle, and cheating in this game relies on you need to do things at the right time. You can't just do it, and it kind of throws you off a wee bit. Um, what was I going to say? Best bit of the game. Best bit of the game is right at the very end when you're dangling and you've did all the funny things and you've taken the piss out of um, LeChuck and then you have to go and try and blow out the candle to stop the Rube Goldberg machine and you, you, you spit so you have to drink some of the grog that's in your pocket still for some strange reason with a crazy straw that's in your pocket for some strange reason and you spit and every time you spit no matter what you spit on it hits Wally in the <laughs> yeah, face <I> oh my <laughs> god I I still every single time I still laugh at that It's it, and I've actually got tiny 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 wee tears in my eyes right now from just thinking about it because it's super funny Wally is just he's the most abused character and you just there's no apologies. You just keep spitting in his face <laughs> until you get it right. <laughs> I love it to bits. No wonder he turns into so, a pirate in the third game. He's like, yeah, I was gonna say, I'm surprised he doesn't kill your whole family. <laughs> uh so listener, I'm I'm sorry that we were both very down on this game, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> it happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think we need to stop talking. I to be honest. And I'll leave this in. I'm not. I'm not going to cut this out. I could go on and on and on about this. I could go from start to finish in detail. Everything that you could do, you could say, "What's your favourite puzzle?" And I would name a different puzzle every time, and I would recount how it's funny and I love it and everything. There's there's no way that that's. I'm just going to keep on going. So at this point, let's just do a tiny wee bit of people. I think you know I would recommend you play this game the special edition one the non-special edition one it's up to you guys have a blast play watch it on youtube i don't care that it's just it's a beautiful thing to experience oh Dave, i will say uh, developer commentary is very good on oh this game. it's very very good it's very good this the special edition it's got some great i think it's about two hours worth of commentary that's just it's worth listening to it really is worth listening to um, Dave, Dave, what's your kind of final send? Okay, all right, all right. So, <clears throat> so Craig, I am sitting here right now in my pants and shirt, as you do, mm-hmm. and I'm a little jealous of you. Oh, jealous? Because <laughs> between this and Day of the Tentacle, mm-hmm. you have two games that you absolutely adore. Like, play them through almost triple digits. Mm -hmm. I don't have anything like that. Like, I have games that I love, but we're talking, yeah, I played through it three times. Or like Dark Souls, okay, it was like seven. But I don't have games like that. So I'm very jealous of that. One day, I will find something like that. But, so we have done... Maniac Mansion mm-hmm. through Day of the Tentacle. Yep. We have done Snatcher. Yes. We have done Monkey Island 2. Yes. Am I missing any adventure games? Uh, not from what we've done, but I mean, we will get through them all in the coming weeks. Oh, oh, good. Oh, boy. I was worried. I'm only. I'm ca- running out of stuff to say, Craig. I know. 
I've got a question then. See if you could yeah. condense. What's your favorite Dark Souls? Like one, two, or three? Two. Two. And if you could take how much you love Dark Souls as a thing, the story and the lore that goes into it, and the care that FromSoft puts put into, like the detail, the absolute tiniest thing that you do is is amazing, and the combat's amazing. If you went and went. <laughs> And stuck it through a black hole, and it comes out. At, you can Bye. you can speed play it in two hours. Would you have just played it three times, or would you have been like, do you know what? That's a Friday night, and I'm feeling like playing my favorite Dark Souls too. It's only two hours, and I love it. Well, now see, now you're opening up a, a a question that me and Mike were talking about the other day too, because he's we were he wanted to get in on a retro rewind that's coming up. And he was like, yeah, I ended up playing Sega Rally instead. My bad. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm, I'm sitting here just baffled. Why? It's Sega Rally. Who cares? Um, no. I, I, even if you could do all that, I think due to my personality, like I finished Dark Souls that many times only because I wanted to play his, each of the classes. Okay. Once that was done, I was like, okay, what's next? Yeah. You know, I, I finished Dark Souls 3 and it was like, that was a great game. All right, what are you guys doing next? Like, I, I guess I don't have that <clears throat> that little part of me that wants to sit in a... Like, even Symphony of the Night, right? Uh-huh. Like, coming up. Rank that as one of my top ten games. Like, that is an amazing game. I've only played through it three times. Okay. And this last time is going to be the last time that I play through it. I think, with me, it's just more my personality of there's too much I haven't done. Yeah. Let's not sit on this, but I am still very jealous of that. This game means something to me personally. Like, mm-hmm. like this is a part of me almost. Yeah. And having played all these adventure games has taught me a few things. Whereas before we started this, I was generally against adventure games. Like, I don't want to touch them. I don't want to smell them. I don't <laughs> even want to look at them. Right. Cause I, I just, they don't click, Aye. but being being forced to, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but having to do them for the show, uh, I, I'm not close to crying. That was just my voice <laughs> cracking. <laughs> Getting emotional here. <laughs> it's so important, man. Um, it's taught me a few things. Number one, if I was going to play an adventure game, I think it would be of the console variety. Mm-hmm. So more Snatcher than Monkey Island. Uh, I think with PC adventure games... My problem lies in there's a lot of wasted time unless you know exactly what you're doing. Yeah. Whereas wasted time in like Snatcher, well, you're just picking options from a list. You're not missing or you're not wasting a lot of time. Yeah, I get you. Um, This game specifically, I have no animosity for it. I am baffled by all the people that love it, but it's generally coming down to, well, it's just not for me. I can see why it's important. I can see why it's good. I just don't ever want to touch it. Yeah. It's just not my thing. And um, like side note, and this can edit it out. That's why I'm also very curious because the Phoenix Wright trilogy is coming out soon. Mm, yeah. PS4. And I've never touched them more for like 10 minutes. I don't know if I'm even going to like those. Well, because here's the thing. Like Monkey Island 2 specifically is a holy grail. Like, like adventure games even now are trying to be compared to Monkey Island 2. 
it's that important and that well done of a game. I mean, I hear it's no Thimbleweed Park, but I, 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 it's still held as a gold standard to, is this as good as Monkey Island 2? No? Well, then don't worry about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I totally know what you mean. I totally know what you mean, Dave. Um, so for you, for you, yeah. when you're playing like Broken Sword oh, Eight or whatever, whatever the new one mm-hmm. is, or that one by Last Express, whatever you decide to play. <laughs> um. Oh was, my god! Was that a snort? Yeah. Wow. Okay. It's happening more and more. <laughs> so when you do play a new adventure game, I mean, is this still, well, it's not as good as Monkey Island 2 for you? No, because I think, apart from, I can't remember if I've told you this before, but apart from the fact that Monkey Island has been year on year on year, my, the only way I can describe it as a palate cleanser, like I've been playing lots of long games, I could go and sit and play an adventure game as a palate cleanser. If it weren't for the fact that it it gave me the warm fuzzies of being a kid. Thimbleweed Park blows it out of the water in almost every okay. way. Um, we got way off track there. Dave, what's up next? Next, we have what I would consider to be the superior pirate game, and that would be Donkey Kong Country 2. Diddy Kong's Quest. No. Ugh, it's not Diddy Kong's Quest. It's Diddy <laughs> Diddy's Conquest. Oh my gosh. I've been saying it wrong for like 20 years. Diddy Diddy's Conquest. Diddy's Conquest, as opposed to like, Diddy Kong's Kong Quest. Yes. Que- yeah. I like that. That's a good play on words. Well, you know, British people. Hold on, my dog. Ratchet, shut up! Sorry about that. It's quite all right. Yeah, so we got Diddy's Conquest coming out, uh, as I'm sure you heard us mentioned multiple times. Symphony of the Night is coming up next. My dog is still barking. So, Craig, take over. Uh, right, so that's it. We have blethered enough and I've gushed enough and Dave have went backwards and forwards so just say goodnight or avast or say something say something to close us out drink up me hearties yo ho ah good yar yar oh wait one last announcement Greg I forgot I'm sorry oh okay (laughs) Uh, so from here on out uh, me and Craig and Luke and Mike all talked about it so we noticed that we kind of take for granted when we're talking about games like this. We didn't explain very much. Uh, we're kind of from now on going to take it for granted that if you're listening to this episode, you've played the game. And that'll cut down because if you have played the game and you're like, oh, hey, I want to see what these guys think of Monkey Island. It's very redundant for us to explain Monkey Island if you've played it. Yeah. Whereas the chances are if you haven't played it, you're not really going to listen to the episode. So, we'll say this on the beginning of Symphony of the Night, but we're going to now just, you've played it. We'll still do the first part of every episode, which is mechanics, and what we think about that. Mm-hmm. But we're going to explain a lot less like we're a tutorial, because, bleh, you've probably played it. Anyway, yeah. now you can say goodnight, Craig. Right, good night, Craig. I'm sorry. Bye.